the Association of Lutheran Mission Agencies annual national conference will be January 31st through February 1st in St. Louis, Missouri. Join other mission-minded organizations and leaders to learn about the changing face of missions while remembering that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Learn more about ALMA, its membership, and the conference at www.almanetwork.org. Recently, someone asked me why Family Shield Ministries exist. Another way to say this is, why do we do what we do? It's simple. It's all about Jesus. Today, we'll talk about Jesus, who he is, and what he's done for you and me. Join us today on the Family Shield radio program. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries. It's all about Jesus, what he's done for you and me. So we want to learn who Jesus is. And uh, there's a lot of misconceptions in today's world about Jesus. One of the reasons why we often talk about organizations that don't teach a biblical Jesus. So let me ask this question. Did Jesus exist in the Old Testament? Yes, he did exist. Not as the man, Christ Jesus, but as the word of God. In 1 John 1, 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. He was in the beginning with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Later, the Bible says the Word created the world. So the pre-incarnate Son of God with the Father and the Holy Spirit created the world. We have done entire radio programs on this topic about Jesus in the Old Testament. We don't have time today to talk at length about that, but there's a lot in the Old Testament to discuss. Let's continue to learn today about Jesus. Jesus is the promised Messiah and the Savior of the world. The first prophecy about Jesus was in the book of Genesis. There are over 300 prophecies about him in the Old Testament that were fulfilled in the New Testament. Here are just a couple examples. In the Old Testament, Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And then in Matthew 1, 18 and 23, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Now all this took place that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, The virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now the New Testament verse gives us a little more detail than the Old Testament. And a lot of times people will say the Old Testament is like a a telescope that's not focused completely yet. You get a lot about God, but the New Testament sharpens that view so we learn more. And I think it's important to remember that the Old Testament is important. There's some groups that will say, oh, no, we don't need to use the Old Testament. Yeah, we really do. 
but we need both Old and New Testament together to have the complete picture of who God is. We believe in a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here's another prophecy. In the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, 3-5, He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our grief he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. His being beat and having that thorn pushed into his head. All of these things are being talked about in Isaiah 53, an Old Testament verse. I remember taking my Sunday school class to a Jewish synagogue right here in St. Louis, when my kids were in about sixth grade, so it's been many years ago. And I remember opening their Bible while we sat there listening and reading Isaiah 53 in their Old Testament Torah. I don't know what their Old Testament is, all they have in the Jewish synagogue. And that verse said pretty much the same thing. Anybody that reads it that knows anything about Jesus would say, well, that's talking about the Son of God, Jesus, the Savior of the world. But they don't always see that. So then in the New Testament, John 1, 11, he, Jesus, came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. They didn't even know him. So again, the Old Testament prophecy about Christ, the New Testament prophecy, fulfilled. And there are many other verses. I'm not going to go through all of them today. As I mentioned, there's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that are fulfilled in the New Testament just about Jesus Christ. There are other prophecies as well. I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the Christmas message and how we proclaim it, how God's Word proclaims it today. Matthew 1.16 Uh, The very end of a long genealogy of he begot, and then he begot. And at the very end, it says, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Now, I want you to notice the term the Christ, because, again, we often talk about some groups that don't teach a biblical Jesus. And the Jehovah's Witnesses are one of them, and they will say, that Jesus wasn't the Christ until his baptism. But that's just not biblical because this is in Matthew 1.16 at the birth of Christ that this verse comes up. So Jesus is called the Christ many times right at the beginning uh, when he was a baby, and it wasn't until his baptism, which the witnesses teach. Um, but Jesus is called the Christ many times. Matthew 1.18 as well. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, even though they weren't actually married yet, just because they were engaged, they would have had to get a divorce. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then more verses. The shepherds saw the angels proclaiming the birth, and they go to see the Christ child. From Luke 2. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Christ. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. So again, the Christmas message is proclaimed by others, by the angels, to the shepherds. The shepherds go to see the baby, and then they go and proclaim the message of the birth of the Savior. And they were lowly shepherds. No one thought shepherds should be the first ones or one of the first ones to see the baby Jesus. But God doesn't look upon us in the way people in our world do. Oh, who's important and who's not in today's world? To God, everyone is important. He wants all people to be saved. Matthew 2, 1 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born, King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, that verse is actually probably, and there's a couple things in there uh, that tell us it was probably close to two years after the birth of Jesus that the Magi came to the house. I didn't write all that down, but um, uh, remember King Herod had tried to kill all the babies under two years old, trying to kill this savior that was king of the Jews. He didn't like that. And uh, so there's a lot in the New Testament that we learn about why the birth of Jesus Christ, the incarnation of Christ, is so important. Let's learn more about Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus was perfect and without sin. 2 Corinthians 5. 21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. And 1 Peter 2.22. He committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And 1 John 3, 5, that says, And you know that he appeared in order to take away sin, and in him there is no sin. This is not something that's spoken about much, but Jesus was both true God and true man. But as a man, he did not have sin. He was without sin. And that's why he could take on our sins when he went to the cross. Jesus is both true God and true man. We talk about that as a dual nature. That's another thing that we don't talk about much today. So many people believe in Jesus, but if you ask them, is he 
both true God and true man, they wouldn't understand or have an answer. But God's word is very clear. Sometimes verses talk about his being a man, and sometimes they talk about him being God. And when you put those verses side by side, which I've done in my book, Mission Field on Our Doorstep, Jehovah's Witnesses, it kind of helps you understand that. Now, let me just say this, too. Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. He's not half God and half man. That's a misunderstanding and inaccurate thing to say. So as man, he was born in Bethlehem, Matthew 2, 1. And yet he said, before Abraham was, I am. That's from John eight fifty eight. And that term, I am, is a term that we use for God, for Yahweh. As true man, Jesus said, I thirst. And that was in John nineteen twenty eight. He got thirsty. He got hungry, just like a human being does. Yet as true God, he says, come to me and drink. From John seven thirty seven. He said, I'm hungry in Luke 4, 2. And he said, I am the bread of life in John six thirty five. So again, uh, as true God and true man, these are some verses that hopefully will help you. He prayed to the Father in Luke 22, 41 to 42. And yet he said, ask anything you will, and I will do it for you in, in John 14, 14. He said, I don't know the day or the hour of the end in Matthew, I'm sorry, in Mark 13, 32. Yet he accepted Peter's statement, Lord, you know all things from John 21. Uh, Jesus is the only person of the Trinity that died for us. He is a separate person from the Father and the Holy Spirit. We don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God in three persons. And we believe in a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, yet one God. Jesus suffered and died for all our sins. He suffered physically, emotionally, and spiritually. They spit on him. They pulled out his beard. They whipped him. They stripped his clothes off. They mocked him. He had his beloved disciples and friends abandon him. He suffered and died on a cross for you and for me. And at the end, even God the Father abandoned him. Remember when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God the Father had to turn his back and not help his son, but allow him to suffer and die for our sins. I'm going to make just a couple announcements, and then I'm coming back to continue talking about why we want you to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, and that it's all about Jesus. That's why we do what we do. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request the complimentary booklet, call the Family Shield Response Center at 1-877-250-8416 or email witness2family at gmail.com. Don't forget to give us your complete name and address. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to their website, www.thrivent, that's T-H-R-I-V-E-N-T dot com slash Thrivent Choice. Or you can call Thrivent and they'll help you, 1-800-847-4888. 
1-800-847-4836. Again, that number is 1-800-847-4836. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. It's a great way to help us if you're Thrivent members. We encourage you to do that. We also encourage you to sign up to receive our email newsletter on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. And uh, you can also send us your email, and we'll do that for you. To do that, send your email to us through email at witness2family at gmail.com. Again, I want to just mention that I'm talking today about it's all about Jesus, why we do what we do, Family Shield Ministries. This is Kay Meyer, and you can learn more about us on our website at www.family.com familyshieldministries.com. So right before I made the announcements, I was talking about the suffering and death of Jesus Christ, that he didn't just suffer physically, he, he suffered emotionally as people he loved left him, and he suffered spiritually as his own father had to not be with him as he uh, was on the cross suffering for our sins. The sins of the entire world were laid upon Jesus Christ, and he took our sin upon himself and suffered for all of our sins. He died, and um, then he was buried. His death brings us forgiveness of sins and everlasting life in heaven. Thankfully, Jesus didn't stay in the grave, but was raised from the dead. He then appeared to his disciples and many others for 40 days after the resurrection. Once, 500 people saw him at at one time. That's the size of a church. No wonder when Jesus was resurrected and the disciples and uh, apostles saw him, that they turned the world upside down and changed the world forever. That man, Jesus, who really didn't have any of the power while he was on earth other than God's power, um, was able to change the world. And the disciples and the apostles went to their death proclaiming Christ who suffered and died for our sins and was resurrected. And the resurrection is the biggest part of Jesus' story. I think a lot of people today really don't believe that he was raised from the dead. When he was raised from the dead, he was in his glorified body because his body and soul had been united. Now, I have a Family Shield resurrection quiz. I didn't put the whole thing down, but I can email it to anyone. It has, oh, I think it has about 16 questions and uh, then a Bible verse that you can look up. Uh, things like, did he eat food after he rose from the dead? Based on Luke twenty four thirty six to 43, he did eat food after the resurrection. So we always have these conversations about when we get to heaven, will we have food? And uh, w- wouldn't you look forward to Nana's fried chicken again or Nana's roast beef or my mom and uh, uh, my husband's mom's uh, food? I don't know for sure. But Jesus definitely did eat food after the resurrection. Could he um, appear and disappear 
at will after his resurrection, or could he just walk through walls? He was in his glorified body. But over and over in this in the Bible, we see that he was there, they saw him, then they didn't see him. John twenty nineteen, John twenty twenty six, Luke twenty four thirty one, lots of interesting things, and um, uh, just simple questions. Um, after he was on Earth forty days and nights, after the resurrection, that's from Acts one three, and he wasn't always with his disciples or believers during those times, but there were at least eleven times where they saw him and they talked to him. And uh, it's an interesting thing because so many times we just don't get how much was said and done during those 40 days after the resurrection. We sometimes get the stories confused and we think, oh, this is before the resurrection. But a lot of it is after the resurrection. Then he ascended to heaven and promised us that when we have faith in him, we will receive eternal life as a free gift. He promised to send the Holy Spirit who lives in believers. And we have the Holy Spirit when we have faith in Christ. He lives in us. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And again, another area that we need to talk more about. But the Holy Spirit always wants us to glorify Jesus Christ. Sometimes people say, oh, we have to talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit He does teach us. He's our teacher. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our counselor. But he always focuses on who Jesus is and wants us to do that too. Jesus died for you and me. His death, again, gives us forgiveness and everlasting life. Let me go back to a basic, though. Why do we need a Savior? We need a Savior because we're sinners, uh, 1 John 1, 8 and 9 says, If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. I like that verse because there's a lot of people today that just don't see their own sin. And um, we can confess our sins without really thinking about what we've done. But I like to, in my own personal prayer life, and even when I'm talking to others, say, let's ask God to reveal our sins to us. Just even those sins we don't know we did. You know, maybe we said something that offended someone and we didn't even realize it. Um, Pretty soon you will be thinking about what you've done and said. And it's important that we do confess our sins. We need to know Christ and place our faith in him. Another thing that we like to say is you don't need to clean up your life before placing your faith in Christ. He will help you do this after you become a Christian. Uh, So don't try to clean up your life and then come to faith in Christ. You may wait too long. Remember, he's the one that cleans us up, and it is a process And uh, so many people talk about the life they had been living. And then when they come to know Christ, how he helps them grow and begin to understand. Uh, But we are in bondage to sin and we will continue to be sinners until we go to heaven. And then our sin will no longer be in our life 
but we're thankful that Jesus suffered and died for our sins. Another thing we like to say is that good works are not necessary for salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, I say it all the time, eternal life is a free gift and not because of our good works. Yet we do do good works because we love God, but we're not doing the good works to earn brownie points with him. He's already forgiven us. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I encourage you to pray to him and ask for his forgiveness. He's waiting to hear from you. If you've fallen away from your relationship with Christ, ask him to forgive you and recommit your life to him. He can do that. And uh, you just need to be uh, open and honest with him. He already knows everything you've done. You can't really hide anything from God. Remember, there is no sin he won't forgive. Maybe it was an abortion, or it's pornography, or it's adultery or it's just anger, or guilt, or stealing, or even murder, he will forgive you. But there are some sins that there is going to be like murder. You may have to go to jail. You know, it's not like you're going to get out of it. But God will forgive you. So I have a closing prayer I'd like to share, and then I might still just have a couple seconds to share a little bit more. I ask that you would join me in saying this. Lord Jesus, We want to know you better. We want you to be our best friend and walk with us through life. Forgive us for the sins we've committed that we know about and the sins that we have done that we are not even aware of. Help us grow in our faith and knowledge of you and your word. Help us live our faith and help us share our faith with others. In your name we pray. Amen. Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield Ministries, and uh, you can learn more about Family Shield on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. We air our program on 54 stations around the country, and we encourage you to pray for us and support us as you're able. Um, Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield, and uh, our mission Family Shield's mission is to educate and equip people to know Christ, to grow in his word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. So sometimes we do programs that deal with family issues because families love their children and grandchildren. And sometimes that opens doors for us to share the love of Jesus Christ uh, on, on our programs. And sometimes we do topics that are biblical-based because we want people to grow in the knowledge of God's Word and understand who Jesus is and what He's done for them. And we do that in a wide uh, variety of ways so that we can be the salt and light of Jesus Christ. So again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Uh, We're so glad you've been listening, and we hope you will continue to join us each week on Family Shield. Thank you. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. 
and tune in again next week for Family Shield. 